Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. Happy to have you here for episode 83, where I talk with the founder of Making Authentic Friendships, Juliana Featherman. And Juliana started this app and created this business really out of a need to help her brother. Um, her brother has autism, ADHD, and wanted to find a way where he can meet other people that maybe have similar interests or maybe are like him. Um, so she started this you know, online application. It's a responsive web-based application for individuals with special needs, really to find friends at home or on the go. And it's based off their geolocation, diagnosis, age, and interests, and a variety of other things. So um, you can check out their website, makingauthenticfriendships.com to learn more about them or even sign up as well. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let's jump right into it. Without further ado, my chat today with Juliana Featherman. Let's get it started. Juliana, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat with you further. I know we caught up a little bit a few weeks back and it's good to kind of talk with you a little deeper and kind of share your story because I like what you're doing. I think it's, um, I don't know the best word, maybe noble. You know, it's something where, you know, it's not the first thing probably people think of to do. So I think, you know, I'm excited for you to share your story about your brother and some of the stuff you're trying to, um, to do to kind of change the impact uh, on folks. Um, can you start off for the, for the listeners, just maybe a quick background on uh, making authentic friendships just kind of what the app is about, just maybe 30 seconds or so on that, because we're going to pry a lot deeper, but just so they have a preface of what we're going to chat about. Sure. So I created an interactive web app that enables children and adults with special needs to make friends. It's any intellectual or physical special need um, that isolates someone. And the basis of the app is to help people meet other people like themselves. Um, and become friends with people that are like-minded. My brother, Michael, has autism and ADHD, and he's always been very lonely due to his lack of friends and his lack of social skills. So I wanted to do a business around my brother and his needs, um, and I figured that was one of the biggest issues. So I decided to go ahead with this. And if I could ask, so I want to pry, pry down a few different layers, because actually to bring up the conversation, I, I think, you know, we had chatted a few weeks ago, where I did, you know, my son is ADHD. And it's something where it's again, it's a, a big thing that some folks don't want to talk about. And it's, it's good to have the conversation. How early on did did y'all know your family know, like, there was something, you know, with ADHD or autism or something like that? Was that very early on? Or did that not pick up until maybe later on in childhood for him? Uh, No, the ADHD was very early on. Um, I believe before two, he was delayed on all his, um, you know, life skills and potty training, walking, speaking. Um, So my parents knew something was wrong. Um, Did early intervention, all that. So his ADHD got uh, diagnosed early. but Autism didn't get diagnosed until much later. Um, I believe he was like eight. because the ADHD was a big thing with his behavior, but um, my parents kind of thought something else was off also. So then he ended up getting retested a little later in life. And so growing up, I guess, you know, 
is this something you mentioned with the, from a social aspect? Like, is, is that something he's always kind of been challenged with? Again, just kind of the social, um, I see it with my son, sometimes the social awareness, like, you know, knowing when to do certain things in that situation. Did you see that throughout? Or again, is that something where as he got into different schooling, what have you, that become very eye-opening, that it was hard to make friends? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, he definitely struggles in social situations and can't really make conversation with people or even keep up conversation if someone's talking to him. Um, so, of course, we're fortunate that he is verbal, but, you know, a lot of those social skills lack. He can't make eye contact. He can't, um, he just doesn't have, like, know any social cues or anything. So, I mean, I think it's both. I mean, just people, even our family members have a hard time speaking to him. Um, so then outside people is just even worse. So, I mean, it's definitely been a need from the start. And, and so with this idea, what, remind me, when did this uh, idea originate? How long have you been kind of tinkering around in your head before you put something on paper, if you will? Um, so it's been, I think, a little over three years now. Um, I was a junior in college, and I was the president of the Autism Club at college, and I had no idea what I wanted to do, changed my major six times. Um, the only thing I loved doing was being the president of the autism club. So I was thinking about ways I can do that in real life. So I'm like, okay, I could start a business, maybe something my brother needs in his life. So, I mean, it was pretty easy for me because I live with it. So I just started doing a lot of thinking about things that were missing for him. Um, so I thought about it, thought about it for a long time. And then one day the friendship thing came to me. Um, and I had just started dating my boyfriend at the time. And I told him that I wanted to make an app and do this. And obviously he was like, oh yeah, do that. And now he always tells people how like shocked he is that I actually have an app now. Because <laughs> people say things all the time, but he never thought I would actually like, you know, do it. Um, so, I mean, that's just the type of person I am though. I mean, when I set my mind to something, there's no changing it. and that's kind of what happened. So I got this idea and thought it was a good one. And obviously I decided to go the app route um, because of how technologically advanced the world is. And Hold on. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, how technologically advanced the world is. So I figured the app was a no brainer um, versus like another type of platform. Um, and yeah, that's kind of when it started. But I mean, I wrote a business plan and everything early on, but I didn't really go like full, fully into it until like a year and a half ago, probably. Um, so it was just kind of like on the back burner because I was still in school and uh, an athlete in college and everything. So obviously I was really busy. Um, but then I started taking it more seriously about a year and a half ago. You know, I, I know a lot of folks, and, and I actually went through this as well. It, there's also the reason they don't kind of push forward with stuff is is fear, almost that self doubt. Did you have anything like that, or is it just, hey, I'm just, I don't really need to do this right now because I have a lot of other stuff. I mean, I think it was both. I mean, um, I was young and I had lack of money, lack of resources, lack of experience. So there was definitely some doubt there. Um, and from the start of my business, my screensaver and my computer has been the same. And it still is this, this quote that says, um, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Um, 
And that's like one of my favorite quotes because it's the truth, like self-doubt and like other people's doubt in you will kill a dream before you actually like try to do it and fail. Um, but yeah, at the time I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I wasn't even a business major. I learned how to write a business plan on Google and I just started reading entrepreneur books and yeah, I really was totally clueless, but I'm like thankful for that now because I feel that if I did know what I was getting myself into, I might not have gotten myself into it because um, by the time I realized the scale of what I was trying to do and how much money I needed and everything like that, it was really overwhelming. Um, but by the time I realized that I was already like into it. So I kind of just kept pushing along and that I'm thankful for that because since I was already into it, you kind of just find a way to like figure those things out at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Are there some things though that you could point out, maybe some breadcrumbs you might leave for other folks, maybe, um, you know, kind of come along behind you doing some things like what were maybe the big two or three challenges that you uncover when you look back a year and a half, two years, three years, you're like, Oh my God, I'm glad I didn't know about that. But here's some things at least to think about. Well, the biggest thing with an app is obviously there's like hundreds, thousands. I mean, I don't know how many, but there's a lot of apps and there's apps for like stupid things. So in my head, I'm like, okay, how hard could it be? How expensive can it be? Um, but I started getting into it seriously a year and a half ago and realized that I needed like developing an app is extremely expensive. Um, they don't know how to code. So, so obviously the app being a big part of this, what is the, um, like, what did you go through then to get the first step? Like, did you hire a developer? Did you get some consulting to figure out that? How did those first few steps of getting the app actually off the ground happen? I mean, I really have done everything myself. Like I don't really hire anyone to do anything. I, um, I have like a lawyer that I consult with for legal aspects, an accountant I consult with for tax purposes, and then um, having developers to develop now, but that's like literally it. I do everything else myself, um, and I really pride myself on that. I mean, it's obviously a lot, but it's important to me because the thing, everything gets done exactly the way I want it to, um, and obviously in the beginning, you just do that because you don't have a choice. <laughs> Um, it's not like you have money or resources to have other people do things for you, but now it is more of a choice, but I just like doing things myself. In the beginning, I looked to people for advice, um, a few friends of family, and also my dad is a corporate businessman, but he's the vice president of this company, so he's a good businessman, you know, got his MBA, everything like that. I have my MBA now, but at the time I didn't, um, like it was a lot of picking my dad's brain, picking my dad's colleague's brain. Um, and pretty much everyone just like doing me favors, like friends and family who's a lawyer doing it pro bono. Um, Cause at that time I had like no budget at all. Um, so I think it's important when you're starting out to like really tap into all your resources, um, whether it's asking family or friends of family, or I mean, even strangers will sometimes do it like consult, with you and an initial visit or something for free. Um, so yeah, I started doing that. Um, I work, I work at a restaurant still do and have for a long time. And the, the owner of that restaurant was another person I confided in. So it's just a matter of like going through your life, seeing who you can 
learn from and you can really learn from anyone um and again I talked about how I read a lot that's like where I learned a lot too I read a ton of books I think 30 that summer about entrepreneurship um and a lot of it is like biographies about entrepreneurs who have done it so I mean you can learn anywhere and with social media I mean that's another place that you can learn a lot um so I just started doing that self-research and I started making meet developer companies in New York City because I'm on Long Island and that was just the rudest awakening ever because the first developer I ever got a quote from was in New York City and they quoted me $250,000. So at that point I was like, wow, I can't do this. But then I started looking even further and realized that there are other ways. Um, None of them are cheap per se, but there are less expensive ways. Um, so it was really more just like researching trial and error and really getting myself out there any way I could when you're small and have no marketing budget. Like I take every podcast, every article, every social media shout out because you never know who's going to see it. Yes. Yeah, so two, two points on that. And that's, that's really good insight there. One, did I, I want to make sure it's for the record three zero thirty books in a summer. Uh, something like that. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's a good amount. That's, um, is it, can you point out, and again, I know there's probably for different folks, right? There's different things that would work, but is there one that was more impactful or at least you remember that maybe you would give a shout out to, to, to kind of have folks go check out or read? Well, if you're a woman entrepreneur, I really liked Girl Boss. Um, it's by the woman who founded Nasty Gal, which is a clothing website that I love. Um, it's not the industry I'm in, obviously, but I just like that really opened my eyes because she started like in her garage doing everything herself. And now she has like a multi-million dollar brand that like competes with Forever 21 and all the big names. Um, so that gave, like, gave me hope that even if you start small, you, you can get big if you believe in what you're doing. Um, but more generally, Gary V's Crushing It um, was really good. He's very, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's like so aggressive um, about everything like entrepreneurship. So, I mean, that's really nice. Yeah, Gary's one. Yeah, I talk a lot about him on the podcast. I've been following him probably since 2011. Um, and I think his messaging is just, right? There's some there's some really good points with it. Um, so yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, Crushing It was a really good book. I think there was some good. And what I liked about Crushing It was it wasn't just him talking. It was a lot of stories of, like Lauren Everts was actually on the Just Get Started podcast here a while back and stuff for Skinny Confidential. And there's a lot of those stories of folks that kind of built their own business, kind of like you're trying to do from the ground up. So I think there, there's definitely some uh, alignment there that you probably probably did gain. Um, you mentioned something about developers. So the 250K quote, yeah, that's a little steep to start. How did you get or have you gotten any funding to kind of help the business? Yes. Um, it's complicated, but so basically the first thing I did was I decided I was going to crowdfund, which is like, you know, obviously a fancy way of just like raising money from friends and family and like people, you know, um, so I ended up using iFundWomen, which is a woman entrepreneur Kickstarter type site. Um, I really like it because every one of those sites takes obviously a percentage of what you raise but iPhone woman actually gives it back to another woman entrepreneur to give toward their business. Like every month they pick someone. Um, and I'm all about giving back. So I like that. 
and so I did that and it was also great because they kind of like mentor you and I got a marketing video done like through them and everything um, which was a big step just in like getting the idea out there explaining to people what I'm doing why I'm doing it um, so I did that and it was it, you know it was hard and a very frustrating process honestly like I have a huge following on my business and personal pages and you know I like to think I have a lot of supporters which I do um, it's just obviously when you're asking for money you think more people are going to give than, than people who do give usually um, and I have a golf outing every year so I know all about that but this was just like really scary for me and I mean at this point like my friends and family like my close friends and family knew what I was doing but I never really publicized it yet to like my Facebook and everything like that so that was like really scary like the day I launched um, was the first time I posted it to Facebook and really put it out there and I was literally hysterically crying <laughs> um, to my parents because I was scared you know like it's so scared to put yourself out there and like I'm like, well, what if I raise zero dollars? Like, what if no one cares? Um, and there's just a lot of like, what ifs, and it's just scary because at that time I was already working on it for almost like a year, and I'm like, okay, like if I put it out there right now and everyone hates it, then what's the point? Which obviously you shouldn't look for others for validation, but we do. Um, so yeah, that was really scary. So I ended up crowdfunding. I raised almost fifteen thousand dollars which was good, um, really good. I mean, I was trying to raise 50000 but that was obviously a really high goal. Um, so 15000 was definitely a good start. I was happy. Um, and then after I did that, I mean, I was looking to get an investor, but I wasn't, like, actively looking for an investor. Um, I'm going back to the other thing I said. I always say yes to every writing opportunity, podcast opportunity, because you never know where it's going to lead you, and I have the perfect like I'm the perfect example of that. Sorry, my phone was beeping. Um, I wrote a blog post for Autism Speaks and this couple reached out to me and said that they wanted to talk to me about my business and I was like, okay. So I took a call with them um, and it was a husband and wife on the phone, which I thought was like interesting. And at this point, I knew nothing about investors, nothing about equity, nothing about what my company would be worth, like valuing it, nothing like that. Um, so this guy is a very wealthy man. He ended up flying his private plane from Pennsylvania to Long Island to meet me and my family and talk to me about the business, him and his wife, and he did. And he was interested in helping me financially. And then we ended up going to his house in Pennsylvania and meeting his kids and everything. He had fun with autism, which is why he likes what I'm doing, obviously. Um, so yeah, he ended up being my investor. And I'm going to visit him this weekend. And we're really close. Um, I'm close to his wife and his kids, which is like really nice. And my whole family is going with me. Um, you know, my mom hangs out with his wife and my dad hangs out with him. And so I'm really lucky, like so lucky because it's not it's business, but it's also personal. And for me, it's important that the people I let into this business, that it's the same for them. So I'm like so fortunate that my investor um, feels that way also, and that we have a really good relationship. And he believes in me like so much. He just like, doesn't really even check up on me. He just lets me do my thing um, and has faith that I have it under control. So 
yes, I really am so lucky. So that was how I actually ended up funding the development. He paid for the first version to be developed. Gotcha. And, and well, I think it's actually a, an interesting point because this has been brought up before and I've actually had to talk with a lot of people about this, the luck factor. And, and from the outsider's perspective, some people might say, oh yeah, she got really lucky and what have you. But really you had to put in a lot of, if you didn't do the year prior and get up to that point, if you didn't write the article, if you didn't put in that sweat equity, the luck, no one's talking about it. So I think partly is like you put in that hard work, you put in the grind, you kind of saw that vision that you had. And ultimately, yes, it turned out to be lucky, but it turned out to be lucky because you put in the hard work. I think sometimes that gets forgotten that you, the opportunities happen a lot more because you actually put in the work, not just because it was some random, you know, lotto ticket, if you will. Um, so I think that's awesome that, you know, you were able to find that, you know, that family, they wanted to help out. And obviously you guys are going down that path from a business standpoint. That's really cool. So how did that help then accelerate, like from a development standpoint, because the, the apps launched, how long has it been launched for now? Uh, three months. Okay. So how long did it take from, Hey, we're going to help you out to launching the app. What was that development period like for y'all? Um, I mean, it took me, so he had invested in other companies before and another company he invested in, I met with them, um, just to like get advice and stuff. And they ended up suggesting to me the developers that I use, which are also in Pennsylvania. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't that long. It took us a few months to like, you know, get the legal papers in line and just make like, just like kind of like executive decisions. Um, so it took us a few months to do that. And then once we actually decided that we were going to use that developer and whatever, whatever, um, that is when we started developing the actual development only took about three months, like three to four months. Um, so all in all, it was like six months from when he decided to invest to when we actually had the web app. Okay. Now, so right now you guys currently have a web web app. I'm assuming at some point you're going to go to iOS, Android apps as well, the native apps or. Yeah, that, that is the plan. Um, we decided to do, so basically I could have using the money that I got to do the web app. I could have done an iOS or Android app for that same amount of money. But the reason I didn't is because apps are really expensive to make changes to because you have to go in and change the code. Um, so they would charge you like a lot of money every time they had to go in and change the code, change the code, change the code. And I knew at initial launch, we would want to change a lot of things. Um, and I don't have that type of money. So we decided to do a web app. It's really easy to make changes. doesn't cost me anything. Um, so we did the web app and fixed all the stuff like technical difficulty stuff, um, made changes once we got users in front of it. And in a few months from now, we, when we feel it's perfect, quote unquote, and ready to be an app, then that's when we're going to do that. So if someone comes to the website, um, what could they expect? What, what's, how, how do they go through the process? What are some things they, they should be looking for? We'll, you know, we'll kind of uncover as they sign up. Uh, so when you go to the initial website, it's a landing page. Um, you know, has all the basic stuff like our story about me and my brother and my family, a picture of us. Um, and then also has like a little 
slideshow thing of like how like how the app works like the big um features and then at the top right you can like go to the menu and then just click sign up and it'll redirect you right to the app sign up page um and then you sign up using an email address you have to give your birth date um your diagnosis what level you function on um and that's on a sliding scale and it's not meant to be like you know personal it's just that we want to make the best matches possible um what else then we ask about interests um as well as things you would like to do with your friend so bowling movie theater mini golf um and then it asks if the individual is using it themselves or if a parent or caregiver is using it on their behalf um and then you create an avatar that looks like yourself so basically when i was looking to develop it i wanted it to be not just words on a page because i felt that that wouldn't mean much to people with special needs so i decided to make it a game so when you sign up, you make an avatar of yourself and you pick like the skin color, hair color, everything like that, like a bit bulgy. And then when you are done with your whole sign up process, you could see on the map all of the other users. And then if you like, there's like droppers where all the users are, but if you like put your mouse over them or whatever, then their little face pops up. So you'll see their little bit emoji thing, um, as well as like their name, their age, their diagnosis and their interests and then at that point you would decide if you want to chat with them um, if you do then you would just chat with you could hit chat and then in the messenger there's conversation prompts which help you like make and keep conversation so there's like general ones like how was your day what do you do today and then there's ones that are specific to your interests so if your interest is sports then it would be like what's your favorite team who's your favorite player stuff like that um and the whole app was sorry no no go ahead finish the thought there sorry i was just going to say that the whole app was designed um to have like a variety of ability levels be able to use it um so it's a lot of big button colors like you know fun fonts um nothing really that you type in yourself it's all like drop down menus um because we didn't want it to be like, confusing or hard to use so that's like how we designed it and when you say diagnosis, is it right now kind of in the early stages for autism, ADHD? Are there others that people can expect or if they want to go out and try it? Um, right now, we list a lot. Um, so we have autism, ADHD, Asperger's, Down syndrome, um, cerebral palsy, spinal bifida, uh, wheelchair bound, sight impairment, hearing impairment. Mm, which ones did I miss? Oh, epilepsy, mm, and then there's an other. So if you don't see your diagnosis there, then you can like type in, and then if we get it a lot, then we might add it to the list. Um, but all of those is like what they are now. And then, yeah, like I said, we might add some more if we feel that there's some that are coming up a lot. But most of our users, well, not most, but a lot of our users right now are autism. I believe uh, like 105 of our current users have autism. Okay. Yeah, that, that was my question. I'm just curious, and especially for the listeners to kind of understand, um, so in case they go on or want to sign up, it, do you connect, like if someone has autism as a diagnosis, is that the connection point, someone else with autism? Or is the goal like, hey, maybe if they have similar interests, we might connect random folks as well. How, how, does, the, how, how does the system kind of just auto-generate how that works? or? 
Um, well, right now you see everyone um, because, like, basically in order for the app to be valuable to the user, we want people to be able to meet in person. And for that to happen, there needs to be a lot of people in a small area. So since we're building the database right now, um, it literally shows everyone in the whole world when you hit search. So you can, like, zoom out and see, like, everyone in the United States and everyone in the world that has a profile. And you could chat with people across the country, across the world. Um, which is cool, but at the same time, the final goal is to have people like actually meeting up. So once we do the actual app, we want, so right now there's really not a matching algorithm. It just kind of shows everyone. Um, but once we do the app, we do want it to actually match people, but I haven't really like refined it yet. Well, you're still a few months in, so you're doing great. I just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Cause that's awesome to see that that's the path. Obviously you guys are going and you're thinking through that. And, and that actually, you kind of leads me to my, my next question is around like growth. Like what do you see as the growth opportunities? What are, what are kind of the vision you have? Maybe if we talked a year from now, two years from now, what are you hopeful for uh, with the app? Well, that's actually something I'm going to talk to my investor about this weekend. Cause I do need more money. Um, so we want to move forward and do the actual app, but at the same time, there's other choices for what we could do. One being we could basically like my developers can um, develop a blank slate of the app and we could sell it out to nonprofits and organizations and they could use it internally. Um, so a lot of people are concerned about like safety, um, which I completely get, of course, I'm concerned about it too. And it's a naive population, um, but it's really difficult um thing which is another huge challenge i had during this whole thing because a lot of people um want like background checks and stuff but that's a barrier to entry because you need to give a social security number which most people wouldn't do basically safety is a huge problem and we looked at every possible solution background checks are a barrier to entry because of social security numbers um, and then other things such as like interviewing process is not sustainable because even with what I have now, I can't sustain that. Um, so it's been really difficult to find something that is a good thing that keeps it safe and also is sustainable and not a barrier to entry. Um, so I want to partner with a lot of organizations to get more users, but a lot of the organizations worry about that. So one of the things I was looking into is basically white labeling it out making a blank slate, selling it to Autism Speaks or X organization, and they could basically have all the Autism Speaks users in the whole country have like a code, and then it's like a, a closed community. Like there would still be like the public community that anyone can use, but there would also be like closed communities for different organizations. Um, so that's one thing I'm looking into. Um, another is going into different populations so other isolated populations so I definitely want to do like the parents and caregivers and siblings with special needs um, but eventually even like PTSD patients or like other isolated populations to find people like themselves um, so yeah I really don't know right now I just hope in a year or two it's helping a lot of people and you know doing what I made it to do 
Yeah, and I think this, you know, again, this this kind of conversation comes up a lot in this podcast uh, and away from the podcast as well. It's just you, you may not have the answers figured out. It's the fact that you continue to put one step in front of the other. You figure it out. You, you ideate, right? And then you you maybe change course a little or you keep going forward. And I think that's whole part of this process. Like it's not an easy straight line, right? You remember those, there's like graphs online. You've probably seen these infographics where like the entrepreneur's journey is like all these like hills and valleys and obstacles they have to jump through and stuff. So um, with that, let me ask you this on, and I'm just curious, and I don't expect it if you have an answer or not, but from the growth standpoint, cause this is a for-profit business. Have you talked about, like, is that something you've talked with your investor about the monetization? Like, is it more of an ad or sponsorship or is it a pay to play type thing? Like have, have you guys talked through those things? I know a lot of entrepreneurs go through that struggle of like, do I do a subscription business? Do I, you know, do an ad business? Like, you know, how do I scale this, if you will? Yeah, that's definitely been another challenge. Um, I'm on year three and haven't ever paid myself a dime from my business. Um, and it was never really a problem because I was in school up until recently. But ever since I graduated from grad school, you know, I kind of need to get my life together and figure out like how I'm going to support myself. So I've been like killing myself. I have like five part-time jobs. Um, one I'm going to right now. Um, I like babysat at 4 a.m. this morning. Now I'm going to work at a restaurant tonight. Um, it's kind of just about like the hustle and making ends meet and, you know, being able to pay the bills while also doing my business. Cause I tried to like get a, get an office job and I just couldn't do it. Cause I'm so wrapped up in my own business that I wasn't able to, you know, put enough, um, energy and attention toward someone else's business. So that wasn't fair. Um, so yeah, now instead I just work five part-time jobs. Um, but it's all part of the process. Um, it's the hustle and you got to do it. Um, but yeah, monetization is definitely a huge issue. So right now we're looking like we run like Google ads, but I just don't have enough users for it to make anything substantial yet. Um, but right now that is what we're doing and we're going to start selling like banner ads um, like internally. Um, but when we actually develop the app, I'm thinking of doing a subscription model, but it's not like decided on paper yet. I have to, you know, think through it. I mean, it wouldn't obviously be anything crazy. So you've, this journey you've been on for a few years, right? And, and you, you have some vision of where you want it to go. I don't expect you to, you know, to give me 20 answers because you probably could, but what's the, if there's one big takeaway of like, again, you want to maybe impose on the, the listener something to think about or ponder as they're going through their idea and they're kind of trying to progress it forward. What's kind of been the biggest learning you think of the last three years? Mm, well, something my dad tells me like every single time I get frustrated, which is like every other day, <laughs> um, is that if it was easy, everyone would do it. And that is something that literally gets me through my hardest days because, you know, I get frustrated and I'm like, okay, I've been at this for so long and when am I going to make money? And when am I going to get the national recognition I want? And, you know, when is this going to happen? When's that going to happen? Um, and I get really upset. But at the same time, my dad always reminds me that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And it's hard and it's going to be hard. But in order to make it big, it's, rarely easy you just have to keep your head down and focus on the big picture um and that's just what I'm trying to do and if you're going to be an entrepreneur which I never imagined myself being because I'm very structured I like uh schedule I like controlled things <laughs> um 
But yeah, now I've learned that I hate office jobs. I don't want a nine to five and I'm an entrepreneur, which is shocking to me. Um, but it is what I am. And like I said, if you want to be that and like anyone can, you just need to be able to put your head down and, and do it. And if you believe enough in something, which obviously I do believe in what I'm doing so much, then it's, it's kind of easy. Like, even when I have my hard moments, I like think about the big picture and why I'm doing it. And then it's not that hard anymore. Um, and that's what you need to make sure that whatever you pick to do, you're passionate about and you're not going to like lose interest in because if, if you're not passionate about it and you could see yourself losing interest in it, then a year down the line, you're going to not want to do it anymore. Rightfully so, but you know what I mean? You have to be passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. And where can folks, you know, find the business online, connect with you online? Can you, can you give a shout out to that? Yeah, sure. So the actual app is at makingauthenticfriendships.com. Um, and all of my social media is making authentic friendships. And yeah, I'm huge, mostly big on Instagram. Um, I post on there a lot and have a huge community of over 10,000 um, that I always answer everyone. And I love to talk to people. Um, you know, a lot of people reach out to me too about like starting businesses and taking the leap. And I have, you know, been able to encourage some people to do it. Um, so yeah, I would love to chat. Juliana, thank you so much for joining today. I appreciate you sharing your story. I'm excited for where it's going. I know it's a lot of hurdles, but I have a feeling you'll get there if you keep your head down and, uh, and keep pressing forward. So uh, thanks so much for taking the time out. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that episode and look forward to having you in the next one. And if I could make one ask of the community, if you did enjoy this one or others, please head over to iTunes, leave me a quick review, give me a rating, let me know how I'm doing. It also gives a chance for this podcast to get bubbled up to more people, more exposure on it, and hopefully help other people on their journeys kind of get to that next level. And go check me out online. BrianAndraco.com is the website. Um, I have the podcast there, blog. I even have a now page to kind of keep people up to speed in the last couple months, what's going on in my world. Um, At worst, it allows my mom to keep tabs on me and make sure I'm doing okay. And feel free to connect with me on Instagram or Twitter, at BrianAndraco. Send me a DM. Let me know how you guys are doing, a little bit about your journey. I love to connect with new people and kind of hear what's making them passionate and motivated to reach fulfillment in their life. So I thank you guys again for listening in. I hope you have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.